Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Square Ball Podcast. The show is brought to you with Levi Solicitors. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball to get a 10% discount on your legal fees. Dan, Michael and Moscow here with you on the weekly show number 253. Uh, heads up that we've got a load of Christmas clobber available now via our merch website. If you want to have a look at that, discounts on those for uh, TSB Plus subscribers as well. Merch. Tell me about some of the lovely items that are there. You can get a bauble, can't you? You can. I'm massively looking forward to that. I have to say, so it uh, has been likened to um, like one of those stencils that baristas use, you know, to put the hot chocolate, like the sprinkles, on top mm, of your coffee. Multi-purpose. So you, yeah. So once it gets around to January, you're doing dry January. You decide to substitute coffee for your morning booze. In your case, Michael, just put a nice little decoration of the square ball on top of you. I mean, have to don't have my Baileys. <laughs> I have them up first thing. <laughs> just takes the edge off, doesn't it? For yeah, you, exactly. I, well, I look forward to uh, my wife being able to complain about square ball things on the Christmas tree as well now given my wardrobe is full of it that most rooms in the house have something uh, piles of magazines and stuff yeah it'd be good to um, and you to can add bring to into them Christmas with we've got a new design of the Leeds Karahoho mm-hmm. sweatshirts some other stuff some hats the hats are nice <laughs> the little, scarves little, little tags on the hats quite quite Mugs. subtle and, you the know, scarves are beautiful and if you know somebody in your life it's probably a bloke because blokes are impossible to buy for so my wife always tells me she goes I never know what to get for you I'm a simpleton. Just if I wandered it. into a Les Dawson gig. If I didn't... <laughs> well, that mother-in-law. <laughs> no, she always said, I never know what to buy for you, and I consider myself quite You're going to learn to play that piano. Just get me get me a, a, Legion, a, a square ball, I don't mind Legion United, get me a square ball bauble, a mug, and a jumper from the square ball, all of which I could get for free, but if it just makes things easier, you can pay for it if you want. The uh, the Christmas mug range is very good. Yeah, there's some die-hard die action in there, else's. which means we can get into the debate about Christmas films and so on, but anyway... I think we've we've taken the decision that it is a Christmas film because mm-hmm. we put it on a Christmas mug. Yeah. So so that's the end of that. If you disagree, buy the Dan James one instead. And you know, you can respond in the comments on YouTube or tweet at us and we'll ignore all those <laughs> if you want to argue with us. It's fine. That's all at the squareball.net. Have a look on there and the hopefully by now relaunched website, which looks great. Yes. <laughs> Why doubt it? Are we are we willing to commit this to a recording? Yeah, we should do. Launching hours from now, isn't it? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it's been worked on as we sit here, not working on it. People who know what they're doing. Websites should look a lot better at the end and work a lot better. Hope so. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it when it's done. We've had the person who does the YEP website on it and it's um, it's going to be exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we'll, we'll charge you a fee for removing some of them. <laughs> some of the adverts make it a bit less annoying. No, no. All the, uh, you can pay us because we don't annoy you with pop-ups. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. Great. Right, part one of the show is Leeds United news. And I never like to start on a negative note, but we need to discuss crimes against Leeds United Mm. right here at the top. Number one, Rafinha. He was the last of our international players to play over the break. Got elbowed 
by a thug. Uh-huh. Nobody did anything. So we've hurt his face for a start. Probably gave him some sort of disease with that elbow, which has made him ill and made him miss the game against Spurs. What I, you got to say about that? I mean, I don't think it was necessarily the elbow that you made don't him think? ill. Brian Dean did have a poisoned elbow for quite a long time in the mid-90s. And because I was young, I did wonder. I was very confused. I think... It meant infected. Mm, he wasn't well, poisoning exactly. people with it. Poison well, exactly. That is. People had to steer clear of him. Like, he was all right on this side, but if you get on that side of him, it was a big problem. Poisoned elbow. Great name for a hair metal band. I was thinking a wrestling move ah. as well. Yeah. Give him the poison yeah. off the top I mean, rope. practically what Rafinha was subjected to, wasn't it? It wasn't football, was it? Elbowing it him stayed up, I stayed up late face. to watch this game as well. Did, you, out, did, did, did you watch in horror? As and all I had to witness yeah. was a vile assault. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't play for Man. He used to play for Man City, didn't he? Otamendi. Rafinha. No, not yet. No, not, not yet. yet. That's to come. Otamendi's gone from Manchester City to Burnley, which is clearly, <laughs> as uh, as our Rob noted on our website, he wrote on the blog about it. It was straight out of the Ashley Barnes playbook. This one. Do you know what? I had no idea that had happened. I, I didn't know he was. I thought he was still at Man City, probably. Well, there is that that thing that um, I did think I played... should have fact checked it before we published it it does sound like one of those things that's incredibly unlikely but if you um, play for Man City you are allowed to have a free pop at Rafinha aren't you obviously so with, with Fernandinho last I mean, year you don't so. have to move he plays for Benfica right oh, why did you say Burnley I think it was a, a joke that, that was a joke wasn't it the move to Burnley I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a joke. I didn't actually think he played for them. I look forward to this. Sean Dyche doesn't have foreigns in his defence. I look I forward. He, he had to have assurances from James Tarkowski that he was actually a British lad to play at the back. I look forward to the relaunch of this website and the... Uh... Give Rob a ring and find out what. <laughs> he plays for who? <laughs> Why have you written that? It was a joke, he said. It was a joke. All right, okay. Get ah, to, ah, ah, get good, to... good banter, as they say on Tottenham podcasts. All right, um, you need to listen to the other thing for that. Good. It was, a, it was a quite a violent game that one. And he was the referee. I think even, I mean, he wasn't on the footage, but they've decided that the ref was definitely wrong. Whether or not Peter Walton would have gone along with that, would have even done. He'd have seen the replay and gone, "Well, he's chosen to do nothing about that, and it was the right decision." And, but the the referee and VAR people have been suspended for completely missing the fact that he just chop someone in the face well let's just park this discussion for a second because in the second part of this show we will be previewing the Brighton game and you know the ref for that is don't you is it the same guy from who's been suspended in Brazil it's not but I'm, I'm going to pose the question one you can think on better or worse than this referee in the Brazil game it's Pawson again oh okay I was going to um, the recording of VAR is available on YouTube it is a bit because Comniball released it as part of their evidence, it is a bit playing a laptop through a microphone. So I don't know if we want to do this, but it's it sounds um, clear cut. What? That's not the bit. Here we go. That's the moment of the elbow. Tell you what, shall I just add this in afterwards? We've got the capability of doing that. It's not really worth it because it's just it is just loads of people shouting over each other, and it sounds quite. Um, uh, that's it. That's what VAR sounds like. You can also hear people on the pitch shouting. Sounds like people arguing in their car. Oh. You've missed the turning. Bloody get in. You've missed it. I'll just go round again. I know where I am. Why didn't you just put the mat, get the sat nav on? But it's quite interesting that they went to the trouble of uh, putting that out. So this is this is all the, the conversation that went on. But yeah, suspended indefinitely, the, uh, the two officials. Well, the um, Good. Brazilian manager was saying that the referee on the pitch is normally good. He's a good referee, uh, but we don't know what happened. So the blame in the guy in the VAR lounge. The lounge. 
Uh, another crime against Leeds United, Paul Etley and Paveda, because we can't replace our broken Brazilian winger with our talented Colombian one, can we now? We can't recall him from Blackburn and put him straight into the fray. Why is that? Because he's, he's, what is it, his Tiblia or his Fiblia? Is which one of them? Well, you're, the, you're the, the medical man here, Michael. Which 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 muscle bone thing has gone? Well, I thought I read it was his ankle, but some people, some I think Moscow must have added some additional information here. It's a fracture, is it? Oh, broken some fibula. Fibula, yeah. Oh, and ligament damage. That's worse. Yeah. It was just, it was looking like just ligament damage on the weekend. It's got worse, has it? Yeah, it's been properly uh, buggered up. He's has, he, oh. uh, it looks as if, says Mulberry, he'll have to have an operation to insert a plate eat his dinner off it. Mm. Um, is it a side plate or a, or a full dinner plate? Don't know. But I just um, wanna, Can we just check with Michael? Just I just want a bit more clarity on this. Yeah, leg plate. Which one's the fibula? What's your knowledge of the fibula like? It's the one in your leg, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The lower leg. What's it attached to? Upper leg. Mm-hmm. And foot. Yep. Ankle foot. So it bridges that. Kind bridges of... the gap. Otherwise you've got um, bendy calves, which Duh. is not some, something you want. No. <laughs> no. Although, actually, another lonely news, Kiko Casilla, a man with bendy legs. Yes. He's been dropped, so that's good. Like like most of the footballs that he had in his possession. <laughs> hey, exactly. So we'll we'll be getting him back soon, which is great. I did see some tweets to that effect that the um, like the Spanish, I don't know if it was their fans or the media, were just saying he was just costing us so much. Several incidents where he just looks flappy. Whereas Paveda was starting to become a match winner over there. It's a bit... Um... I feel like we moved on too quickly from the tragedy that has befallen his leg. I mean, I've seen daily updates on who's the kid that Pascal Stroik effed up. Elliot. Harvey Elliot. Um, he's been in the pool and he's done this and he's done that. And Paul Jan Paveda, I'm reading different views on what happened because it was against Nigel Pearson's Bristol City. So, you know, Nigel, attempted murder. Nigel Pearson has that reputation and he claims he once fought a pack of wolves and all that kind of stuff. But it. <laughs> It's being described as a innocuous challenge that he was competing for the ball in the air and somebody has landed on him as they fell. Nathan Baker is actually named on Blackburn Rovers website, so I don't know if they're going... Nathan Baker. When you the, click the um, link, it goes into a Google Maps for where he lives. The detail I really uh, like that sort of says what a poor world Blackburn Rovers are living in is... Uh, so, Jan Paveda, tricky winger, exciting 21-year-old talent from... Barcelona, Manchester City, Leeds. Brentford. Leeds. And obviously has to go off. So how are they going to replace that creativity and the excitement in the team? They brought on Daniel Ayala was the substitute <laughs> for him, which um, suggests that Mowbray maybe a has revenge a, mission. Even Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go and sort them out. But uh, yeah, that's a shame for him. because It's, um, it's a, a bad age to get a, a bad injury at a bad point in his career when you, you know, the whole point of going to Blackburn is, you know, play a season and show how good you are. Um, and he can't do that. Yeah, just as it was starting to, because it had taken him a long time to kind of find his feet for want of a better phrase. But yeah. It's, and the goal uh, he scored last week was mint. He had a shot and the keeper saved it. And he ran onto the rebound himself from quite a long way and then dummied past the keeper and a defender on the line slotted it in. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And he'd set up, I think he set it up for uh, Brereton Diaz who I'm quite entertained, has now started putting Diaz on the back of his shirts as well. I don't think he was doing that before he became a, a, a Chilean superstar, but I absolutely support and respect his rights to do that and the fizzy drink adverts that he does in South America. Everything about Rodan Diaz seems to be fantastic, but who is going to supply him from the wings 
with Pervader's not there, I don't know if Stuart Ripley can come out of retirement. I was or... just thinking about Stuart Ripley. I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> or Jason Wilcox. Yeah, maybe Jason Wilcox. Mm. Can, on either uh, side, yeah. Could get them both on. Stuart uh, Ripley's a, a lawyer now, isn't he? He is. He keeps uh, sending our players down for innocuous things in FA tribunals. He's propping up and he's always involved in those. And isn't, uh, was he actually, was, speaking of Cassia, was he on the panel for Kiko? he might have been. Yeah, yeah for, um, for when Cassia said For an innocuous stuff. thing, it must be said. And Jason Wilcox is like a big cheese at uh, the Manchester City World Group, isn't he? Isn't he like their director of the director academy of sports and stuff? washing? Yes. So he probably helped. Um, he's probably given Pervader some advice Great. over the years. Jeff Kenner, any news? Don't know where Jeff Kenner's at, but I'd be Lee interested Michael. to find out. <laughs> let's just go through some old Blackburn players. Uh, let's move on to Kuhn. To me- I can't even say this word. Tomenaskov, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're never going to see him again, but he's got a nice goal. Well, we're, we're keeping hold of him, aren't we? It feels like we're keeping hold of him just in case. I feel like we're keeping hold of him because we gave him a fairly long contract. You think that's what it is? Mm. Okay. But it was a nice goal, all the same. And I, What was it that he did? Because I haven't seen this. It was a shot from quite far out, sort of lobbing the goalkeeper from about 40 yards from an angle. Good. Very nicely done. It broke my heart a little bit because his pinned tweet is still him making his debut against QPR. <sighs> and it's like I said, a dream come true. And you're like, ah, it's as good as it ever got. Never mind. Mm. Ah, well. January transfer window's coming round, isn't it? Should we buy Isco? That was one of the uh, links that popped up this week. Reportedly on 200 grand a week or something daft like that at Real Madrid. Ticks a lot of boxes, though. Aging Spanish star. Injured all the time. Expensive wages. They said that about Pablo Hernandez. And Kiko Casilla. Not injured all the time. Flaps all the time. Wish he was injured all the time. It would have saved <laughs> us quite a bit of a bit of heartbreak if we'd have not, if we'd have not had him on the pitch. But never mind. Yeah, there's a lot, there are a few rumours going around out there, but they seem almost entirely without basis from what I can gather. Do mm. you think we will enter the market in January, given our current league position and the fact that we cannot afford to go down? Moscow has already covered the fact there are no more midfielders. Well, I'm asking you now then. Well, it's a different window, isn't it? And it's about availability. So if, for example, John Swift is a player we know Bielsa's liked for a long time, if in the summer Reading was saying no, and now they've had the points deduction and they're, they have to conform to a business plan with the Which are quite str- stringent, isn't it, as well, by the way, if you look at the conditions. Yep. So now maybe things change and they can go there and you can say, yeah. So, yeah. Web- <laughs> Webby and O'Neill are now in charge of... Uh, so it's um, not to circle back too much over what we were discussing before, but the, the thing with Leeds United's transfer policy as they like to explain it and like to run it is it's preparation meeting opportunity so you can have a list of hundreds of, of midfielders and then it's all about at what point are they available so that's when the Rafinha thing comes about that he was on the list and then because we'd kept in touch with Deco when it all went wrong weirdly bizarrely nobody saw it coming up wrong Deco's on the <laughs> wrong. Deco's on the phone to say well you can have him now so and uh, obviously the the other side of the column with January is that not good time to do business there's no value to be found but we have done I mean it's if the right player is available Tyler Roberts for example I know people don't like him very much but was it January by so for sure, for sure. same window who they were available at the time at a price that made sense and they weren't just I think that's the thing a player for this season I don't think Leeds United will go for somebody to save us in the back half of the season and be also saying at the weekend if we get everybody back fit we probably won't need to but if there's a player available who we want to be a player for Leeds United for the next four years after that, then I can see Leeds United doing it. Whether it's central midfielder, whether Bamford's injury 
goes on. I did note that, um, you know, we're talking about opportunity and players that you've been tracking for a long time coming available. A uh, player who uh, came back into um, a reserve game recently, Jean-Kevin Augustin, is, uh, is playing some football again. So we could, you know, he's he could be available as an option in January well, if, already, we, if we need an emergency striker. Already ours, won't it? <laughs> We, uh, so we could save some money that way. Yep. And also, I mean, we can just play the same signing video again. Hopefully still roughly the same physical proportions mm. as he was at the time. So, Well, you can deep fake it. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Just deep fake it. Run it through one of those engines. What is it, the cast that we need to go to, isn't it, about the appeal about the FIFA Augustan? So if they... From Mamas and Papas. Yeah. If they, um, if they say bad things about what we did, then we might have him. Can we have him? Can we keep him? Should we? Keep it him? might be a. It might be an easier solution. <laughs> All right, we'll just have him then. Pretend he never went to not. Just thinking, you know, like, you know, we got um, you know, Andrea, the furniture salesman, who was plucked out of obscurity by Cellino, wasn't it? And he's now on the data analysis team. He's actually legitimately kept a job at Leeds United. You've got to admire him. He's done well. He's yeah. He's he's, he's done well to self-preserve there. Uh, I was just thinking about Kim Kardashian because she's. Um, Teamed up with Leeds United recently. She's signing in January. Say, so used to sell furniture. Oh, get her on the no. Just get, I'm saying get her on the data analysis team. Get her in the uh, scouting, the recruitment. Get her on Y Scout. Have a look. See what's out there. Get Eddie Gray in. Play Kim Kardashian. This the headline of it did sound like something Radrazani might have had dreams about. Saying Leeds United owner Adria Radrazani teams up with Kim Kardashian to rescue 130 footballers from Afghanistan. I think in his version of it, he probably carried them on his back. Yeah, it's like they fought the way out there like a Rambo film, yeah. <laughs> running to get them onto the plane, Just... covering, cover me, Kim! <laughs> <laughs> and and the, uh, the debut of that movie will be on, was it live now? Is that his platform? Yeah, it'll now? be an exclusive. Uh, so that was good. They did good, good stuff there. Yeah, That's... Kim paid for the plane. And there's also, I mean, the uh, Play for Change. We, yes, Play for Change is Roderick Zani's charity and then I think there's a lot of people on the ground who are not Kim Kardashian have done a lot of work to get the Afghan women and girls development football team. Is she still on good terms with Kanye? Has he, has he had a help hand the, in this? Well, she's been... No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, about... Just no. You were launching something sincere then and I just tripped you up. So yeah, sorry. I'm not totally certain of my celebrity knowledge. You knew about Stuart Ripley. <laughs> So doesn't so get any bigger than that. Kim Kardashian, you're wondering where Jeff Kenner has been. He's been hanging out with uh, Kim Kardashian. And the refugees um, were from, where are they from? Um, Myanmar, is it? Oh, sorry, no. It was Afghanistan, wasn't it? No, they're, they're, they've been left to their fate. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the uh, this bunch, um, are all uh, 130 of them being offered places in Leeds United's development squads, apparently. It doesn't sound like it fit with Bielsa's small squad policy, 130 players. <laughs> Sounds chaotic. Turn up for training. It's fucking what yeah. do we know? I think there were certain logistical... Laps, laps. <laughs> logistical challenges still to be met. But the important thing is, these people are safe, so that's good. Yeah, and on the LUFC women, they were meant to be playing Silsden in the County Cup, which, I mean, no disrespect to Silsden, feels a bit small versus Leeds United women. Well, they that's what they decided to. They pulled out. Couldn't be asked. No. Ah, we'll just not bother. Because Silsden's just up the road, isn't it? To the side of Bingley or whatever. Yeah, it's not really made clear why, but they were meant to be playing them and then they withdrew from the competition. So it's a buy into the next round to play Bradford. It's longer than, a, longer than a normal cup run, etc. for Leeds, is that? Park but Avenue. We can hope the same thing happens in the FA Cup maybe for Park us. Park Avenue away in the next round. Good. Going back to um, Leeds and the, uh, the 23s, Archie Gray, Lewis Baker, midfield. One's a child, 
One's a big man baby who's playing for the 23s. Yeah, it's the opposite ends of under-23s football here, isn't it? Of someone who should be in the prime of his career still having to do it and someone who should be at school having to do it. What but a there life. they were. What there they life. were, side by side. Probably multi-millionaire Lewis Baker playing there in Just the midfield. Fall, fallen down through the cracks. What a weird life and a weird career because he's clearly made his money and he'll make his money until the end of this contract. Does he then just drop down the leagues and maybe go to play Leighton Orient or something like that for plod around in the lower leagues for a few years for a few grand a week? I did check in on his uh, peers because we signed that little group. Jamal Blackman is now in MLS. He's gone to LAFC, which is not Los Angeles Galaxy, but he did see the other one. He waited until, yeah, contract expired. Until then, he was having his loans at Rotherham and stuff like that, wasn't he? And... I can we, we can we uh, take credit for ruining his career, by the way? I know his, his leg break was entirely accidental, but he came to us and then it just fell off a cliff. We'll see also Izzy Brown, who I think we covered earlier, he went to Preston this year upon the expiry of his Chelsea contract and we did that interview. Yeah. Saying he was still hoping to get into the England, England squad yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um, he snapped his Achilles. So that's not so good, such a So Lewis, Lewis Baker needs to watch out because he's probably going to do his, uh, his ACL then at some point this season and it'll be our fault. Yeah. Izzy Brown's only 24. Lewis Baker is 26. And... To be fair to him, over the season since, he went to Reading in the second half of the season with us, but then he kind of had a... He only played eight games on loan for Fortuna Dusseldorf, coinciding with our promotion season, so that wasn't great. But he was in the Bundesliga, at least in a first-team environment. Uh, and then Trabs on Sport, last year he was backing up Caleb Ekuban. So they were in the team together, which is nice. So he did a full season with uh, Trabs on Sport last year. Caleb Ekuban has now gone on to, he's playing up front for Genoa, and Lewis Baker's in the under-23s. Just, I mean, he got... Genoa? No, I don't. He got an assist for a free kick, but, you know, even, I don't think it says a lot about Lewis Baker's considerable set-piece talent that he managed to find a six-foot-five defender above the 15-year-olds in uh, <laughs> in our defence who headed it straight in, and then he scored uh, a penalty, much as Tyler Roberts did um, earlier in the game. Our penalty was reasonable Lewis it was um, who was it running into the box it wasn't Lewis Bate it might have been Archie Gray was running from deep into the box as the third man third man run and got blocked off that was a penalty and then um, I can't remember which one of our young lads breathed near a Chelsea player so the referee gave them a penalty that Lewis Baker took away in between Lewis Baker was very good at taking the ball in the centre circle and giving it back to the person who'd given it to him, and then they would give it back to him, and then he'd give it to somebody else who would give it to him. Passing. And they give it back. Well, not really, because passing, you know, you get something out of it. This is just kicking the ball back and forward after f- over five yards. That seemed to be his thing. Just a question, L- and I'll Lewis tell you. Baker my- has, he has one more year on his Chelsea contract after this one. So by 20, the way. 27. So he will have, he made his, he'll have made his debut in the FA Cup, Jan 2014 for Chelsea. Not played for them again, unless he gets a, a very unlikely call up to the first team squad this season, and then not played for them ever again. I was just going to ask you, Michael, sorry, while I've got you on the line. Third man run, could you just explain that as the coach within our group? Uh, it's when when there's it's not one of the first two, it's the next one. Right. You can get, if someone else does it, do you know what that's called? Uh, no. Fourth man run. Another one joins the party. Fifth man. It's really out of track. Six, seven. sixth, seventh, eight. You can keep going until all. Eleven, if you're doing eleventh man, eventually run. everyone's running, yeah. including the goalkeeper. <laughs> it's baffling. Bloody hell! Well, we get into it in the coaching sessions. Ev- but every day's a school day. People are, the world's not ready for it. Yet. <laughs> Thank you for that. And I think you might get corrected on this contract expiry, so I'll just do it now. Oh. Uh, 
June 30th, 2022, according to Transfermarkt. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, so, you see, no higher escape, authority. Then. He um, may escape then at the end And I was the reading, when I was reading that, like I was shocked to see him in the under-23s game, that I was seeing some Chelsea reports saying, oh, thank God he's going at the end of the season. So I think he is. His time is nearly done, but um, not before he's written Milk. Chelsea under-23s for a season of glory. Milk that teat. Um, final bit in this section, and then we'll wrap it up. But um, new US TV deal. NBC has renewed its television deal. The Peacock. With the Premier League. Uh, there's a new six-year agreement. It's worth about two billion quid or something, which is mental. So it's doubled the amount of money that was in the previous deal, and it means more money to the Premier League clubs, etc. So that's I mean, right, due to some of it, it must be a technical issue, but I think a lot of, quite a lot of people end up watching NBC in this country, don't they? When when it's like a three o'clock game or something, mm-hmm. you end up with the feeds get mixed or something, and yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. can end up watching it, can't you? So, Just trying to watch Murder, She Wrote and On Pops. Exactly. So yeah. it's good that that's been renewed, I suppose. I mean, it sounds like a lot of money, but what difference does any of it make, really? What we're saying is that the average viewing figures for this season, 609,000 for a game, which is the highest average since, well, it's about five or six years the same, and it's up 14% from last year. So the, the growth is there like within the audience. And you know a lot of Sky's games don't get many at all. They're like Sky, the money that they pay per game, it's a lot, isn't it? And it's not really worth the return they get via audience. It's, thank God it's a subscription model from their point of view. I mean, big games on Sky get like a couple of million. If that must have been like a million or thereabouts, aren't they? Yeah, and when you get down into like when they show a League One game, it's like a couple hundred thousand people watch it. Yeah, and equally BT's Champions League games, which they paid an absolute fortune for, they they're really small apart from the ones that they do show for free. So so you you naturally get a bigger audience on them. Mm. Whereas when you get something like the World Cup, you'll get like a a fairly nondescript the Ghana against Czech Republic or something at like four in the afternoon, and that'll get like eight million people watching it. So mm. it's the figures are actually kind of... There are levels to this game. Small in mm. some ways, but then they weren't to pay a fortune for it, so fine, I suppose. Because it was your job to know this stuff before, it was. wasn't it? Yeah, It was. In are my, you, my are old you missing that job? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Couldn't give a toss about TV human figures. Uh, <laughs> I hope people keep watching football because it's fun, but I would rather it was on free-to-air TV. Well, that's what uh, Andrea Rajitani ended up being one of the people fronting this. On Yahoo Finance Live, did a video interview saying that NBC works very well. And he says uh, that the USA is a market that is growing in terms of popularity. Soccer is growing every week. And I think that our partners have been happy. And there's uh, this deal is the confirmation that we are working very well. I see more and more kids everywhere in the country playing soccer. But it's not a surprise to me, to be honest. I'm just glad that the league is still very appealing. So there you go. It is better than all American sports. Well, I mean, it's, it's, inev- uh, it's inevitable that it will take over because it's just so much better to watch. <laughs> Which I'm aware comes from a position of ignorance. Yeah, but it just is, isn't it? I, I mean, I think so personally. I mean, I, I enjoy the razzmatazz of like NFL and stuff, but I have to say the the lack of jeopardy around like relegation and stuff. As much as I absolutely despise the concept of us getting relegated, and it troubles me daily, it's better than the alternative, isn't it? Mm. The show is brought to you with the Athletic. Of course, we do. The Phil Hay Show later in the week. Going to be talking about Luke Ayling this week because Phil's done a bit on it. And do we need him back, Luke Ayling, do you think? That's one of the things we can get into. Yes. Why? Because uh, I miss his hair. Okay. And I miss his smiles. It's and I think of, that's that's the sort of thing that Bielsa will be looking at. I also think this is the reason why The Athletic wanted to team up to do The Phil Hay Show. That sort of really deep, <laughs> insightful commentary on Leeds United. It's the sort of thing Phil writes about. I, I fully expect the article to have lots of hair care tips, maybe speak to his childhood hairdresser 
Phil's taking a journey down to, where is he from? London, um, Luke Ayling. Look forward to reading that. They've got the Black Friday sale on at the minute, by the way, which is, it's actually cheaper than going through our URL. So go, go through that if you want to save the most money. It's like a quid a month at the minute. But if you do want to do us a solid, head to theathletic.com forward slash the square ball and you can sign up for 50% off for the year. Ain't that a bargain? Previewing Brighton then now at the weekend. Although, Moscow, are you absent for this one? Um, What's that got to do with anything? Because we want your opinion so we can talk about how wrong you were when you're not here on Saturday. For the match ball. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even if I was coming, I wouldn't just sit here in silence and I'll tell you. <laughs> we, de- we definitely need your opinion for this one. I always give my, well, I mean, my opinion is worth, opinions ain't worth anything in football, so I try to avoid them. I am genuinely curious to know what everyone thinks about Brighton because I'm looking down their results so far this season and they had that early burst of form where they were up in the Champions League places where they won four out of the opening five and then haven't won since. Weird, isn't it? They've gone all Brighton-y. Mind you, Moscow, you hit upon the theory before that they only ever are allowed to win nine Premier League games per year regardless yeah. of where they finish. So well, they do every season. It's not even a theory, it's a fact. Yeah. Um, how many have they won this season? Four. Right, so five to go. Five more, yeah. Well, they're not going to win this one. <laughs> Yeah, they have become very Brighton-y again now. Where they, they never look... Every, the whole time they've been in the Premier League, they're never a bad side, are they? They're just always fine. They get draws, lots of draws, just about stay up. Occasionally put on a show where you think, oh, actually, there's something coming together here, but then they just revert back to drawing a load of games. And it just doesn't look that much fun. I don't think being a Brighton fan. Maybe Brighton fans will tell me otherwise. Again, not to revisit a theme, but okay, so our lack of signing a central midfielder is being people are saying it's criminal negligence is a phrase that keeps getting thrown around as if you can actually put somebody in jail for not mm. buying a football. Get up in front of the judge. <laughs> criminal <laughs> negligence. We didn't sign Conor Gallagher. People use these words and it's hilarious. But we have at least, we've got, you can make the art, Stuart Dallas, Matches Clay, Calvin Phillips and Adam Forshaw coming fit, Lewis Bates. There are some midfielders there. Brighton, last season, I was sure all they needed to do this summer, sign a striker and they're away didn't bother they've just not bothered there's no again season after season they are fine doing everything really strong defence they've got the land of the giants at the back that caused us problems last year even after letting Ben White go and they got the 50 million pound Ben White money right go and sign rebuild the squad yeah well they don't even need to rebuild the squad midfield is fine you know lalana has got experience and who else is in there's that Trossard Tosser he's now playing up front because they won't sign a striker and it's just it's maddening and so that's the the problem they are now having they haven't scored more than two goals in a game this season and they're stopped scoring now they're just not scoring any because they haven't got a striker and they're, they're desperate for Danny Welbeck to get fit that's their best hope and he was um, uh, another, one, another one we let get away no he's so close to signing um, he was in the St John's Centre just had to go and get him yeah. um, Graham Potter saying look there, we, there isn't another Danny Welbeck out there so we just we just need to get Danny Welbeck back and Danny Welbeck to me is not the number nine goal scorer that Brighton need I mentioned this last season when Spurs were trying to replace Mourinho and they had Ryan Mason in for a while and they were talking about getting Graham Potter and I thought the same thing watching Brighton lose to Aston Villa at the weekend and then watching Tottenham uh, shithousing their way to an undeserved win what Tottenham need to do if for the success that they need is not bringing Graham Potter. They need to take Harry Kane and Son and sell them to Brighton and they go into the team and complete the attacking thing because the Brighton's defence is better, their midfield is better. And then 
all the Spurs fans need to start just supporting Brighton mm. and they'll win the league, the Champions League. Not a problem. And then they get all the celebrations and the glory that they want. They just need to, and just close Tottenham down. But it's an NFL Doesn't ground matter. now, isn't it? So Well, exactly. So yeah. they can just play the, the rugby games there and it's fine. And then they can all just go and enjoy Harry Kane can win the trophies that he wants and they can celebrate and there's still a bird involved. He's swapping a cockerel for a seagull. It's fine. That's the solution to everybody's problems. And then there's a... I feel like... You reduce the Premier League by one team then, so there's an opportunity. You just have three promoted, so you can bring Barnsley up or somebody and give somebody else a chance instead of... You kind of... Brighton should go if they're not going to win more than nine games. <laughs> so the, it's the solution for them as well, is you turn them into a team that can actually win the league and we just sacrifice Tottenham. Bring in somebody more interesting, maybe a wildcard place. It doesn't have to be a permanent... Promotion. Well, Forest Green Tottenham should have been booted out for the European Super League thing, apart from anything else. Yeah, because they were involved in that, weren't they? On the grounds of having built a big stadium. What, why? Why should you have been there? We we did this. We spent a billion. Have pounds. you won anything? Nah. I should just say, by the way, um, Tottenham's results have been published today. Their financial results. I mean, are they skint? Are they broke? Well, they're not. Well, I mean, you be the judge of this. Um, I'm just they spent it all on skiffle, aren't they? So they've announced a 80.2 million pound pre-tax loss, and debt has climbed to 706 million pounds. That's good, good isn't it close them down mm. just forget about all that just close it all down give give everybody the money back and then just go to Brighton and it's by the seaside better Pebbly Beach though yeah but you get used to that yes. you don't Any- feel it when you're in the water anyway let's um, let is, let's go to Brighton and I'm, I'm concerned first of all by our sartorial choices because we're going to be in a lilac for this because if you've noticed our home kit is white mm-hmm. and so is theirs got a lot of white on it our awake kit is blue their home kit's got a lot of blue on it it's blue and white at Brighton don't, again if you're aware is lilac even a good enough contrast? That's what I'm saying. We're going to be in lilac. Feels a bit bluey and a bit whitey to me. Mm. Maybe we just crack out a yellow fourth shirt. You think? Still time. Surprise everybody with another kit. I'm sure they won't. <laughs> because they just won't get that right. But um, yeah, so that concerns me first of all. But, mm. but we won't be able to tell the players apart. Yep. Well, I, have, I know I have... how you tell them apart. Ours are the good ones and Brighton's are the rubbish ones. And just to... I have like um, performed scientific experiment with this is that if you do that on FIFA... I've played it on FIFA, Brighton, and I was in the lilac. Mm. Really hard to tell us apart. So that's all I'm saying. Just be careful. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's good to know. Good yeah. to know. No, no I'm, I'm pleased to bring you that. It's, it's important, I feel. Half past five on a Saturday, I want to complain about that as well. Yeah, that's bullshit. Kind of and then it's followed up by quarter past eight on a Tuesday. I'm livid about that. And then two o'clock on a Sunday. I, oh. two, two o'clock on Sunday, I feel like... Oh, the four o'clock on Sunday was worth, actually. I feel the... like the Sunday battles have, have been lost and... Saturday evening. Um, I don't mind it when it's other teams, but us, yeah, I don't like it at all. 8.15 on a Tuesday, is a that's a crime. Somebody should go to jail for that. Never mind Conor Gallagher. This is this is a, a real Actually, come villainy Actually, come to think of it, we do need to then, therefore, um, preview that, don't we? Because there's no guarantees that we'll get next week's weekly show away before bloody Crystal Palace. That yeah, I mean, is we did, a we, good point. We did try. <laughs> and we haven't got anything on the notes for it. There was a bit of a discussion around the schedule for next week. And I don't think the urgency of the situation really <laughs> settled in. We just realised, haven't we? Shit. Again, we. I knew this was coming. <laughs> and that's why I asked. <laughs> I'm still done nothing about I asked it. what we were going to do about anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace then, yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, well, they're basically the same club as Brighton, aren't they? It's as their, far, as aren't their they? fans would tell you, so... It's that's what, again, that's why we don't need them both. Just move Spurs to Brighton and it's fine. <laughs> the old Gatwick Derby or whatever it is. Conor Gallagher. Gall- Con- Conor-, Conor Gallagher. 
coming to Elland Road at last. That'll make everybody happy, won't it, when he scores our trick? Nah, so I think someone will set out to injure him, hopefully. We haven't got any midfielders to do it, though, that's the thing. Mm. I'm kind of sick of people going on about how good Palace are this year. I think we and should, they're not. I think we should beat them. Where are they to... in the table? Well, they're not actually that high, but everyone. I think everyone expected them to be lower than they are. And they've gone, they have, in fairness, changed their side and the style of play and everything and it's mm, 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 mm. It was exactly, all, that's exactly that's what I hear it was, the day when they're going on about it all myth nonsense they were getting loads of praise for how brilliant Patrick Vieira was and isn't Conor Gallagher uh, the next Maradona at the time when they had only won one match mm. well just for they just they had enough draws to be further up the table than us well, so just for the record Brighton are ninth still having not won in about seven or eight games uh, they are ninth with four wins on the board, the opening four out of five. And Palace have got one fewer win, with three, and they're tenth with sixteen, so seventeen and sixteen points. Which like this league shit, isn't it? There is, Just need to win a couple of games. Nobody's really, apart from Chelsea, putting any like real solid run of form together. And I think that's you know to talk almost serious football chat for a while is either should be an opportunity for us because. When you look at the form above us, Brentford had lost four in a row. Villa lost four in a row. Um, Five in a row, Villa, wasn't it? I think even. I've only got yeah. a certain number of games on the form table. So yeah, it could be worse. And then Everton, th- four defeats and a draw in the last five games. Crystal Palace, two wins but three draws. Isn't it? And then, so Brighton are ninth. So you'd think, oh, doing well. Three draws and two defeats in the last five. Scum, obviously, four losses, one win. That's funny. Even, you know, Spurs had to sack the manager and their seventh Wolves, who we saw, Wolves aren't good. We saw Wolves be not good, and yet they are sixth. And the last five is three wins, a draw and a defeat. So even that's not like incredible, solid, beating all comers form. So there's, it's kind of, that's what's made it weird this season. We just need to win a bunch of games. Two, well, two, two wins takes you right up into mid-table, doesn't it? And then all you need to do is sustain it. Should we win yeah. these two, then? I think so. I think we will get four to six points out of these two games. Forty-six. Four to six. Oh. Four or six, because you can't get five, can you? Four. You think two. two. Yeah. Thanks. Do another hand, because I am not from Norwich. What do you reckon? And I, I think we'll either get four or six. I've got, I've got a good feeling about it. I think there are enough signs within what we are doing that we can win some games. And I, I just refuse to believe that we can continue to be unlucky and come short in game after game after game. I just think there's, there's something in, in, in us that can get these. We need a minimum of three from these two games. Any If if we get like a defeat and a draw, I think I will start to feel a bit terrified because we've got a, we have got a very hard run of games coming up shortly. So just keep tracking. We need to always just keep tracking above a point a game as an absolute minimum and hopefully... We can almost lump the, Brent, the Brentford that. game in. From I mean, we'll preview it properly next week. But well, yeah. you say properly. <laughs> but if we like, we'll we'll remember that it's being played. We'll just we'll just basically slag off Thomas Frank for about ten minutes, mm. but in his hair and stuff. But um, but yeah, those these three games. What, what's a good return from this this run of games? Six points. You think six points would be fine out of these three? That'd likely put us out of danger for the bad spell of games we have coming up. You need to learn to live with the danger and the terror. I think I, I think I highlighted how many games you lose and still stay up a while ago. And so haven't we got at least like 15 more defeats ahead of us? And we're not going to be mathematically safe until April. So the, you know, the fear of relegation will 
always be there, even if we are. I mean, Brighton, I was reading about Brighton, um, as, how dare I say it, preparation for the podcast. You do, you do preparation, Michael. Yeah, I Michael, know. Michael, have you had this show off? I feel like I let the side down. But there's still the question of like, is this season going to turn into what it was looking like at the start of like a push for Europe and top 10 finish or relegation battle? They don't know what they're doing. And you'd think if you were ninth, you'd be able to have some kind of say in it. So I think it's going to be a long time before the terror subsides. So okay. that's something to look forward to. The way, I, the way I'm seeing it is if we can get six points from from these three games that we've got, we can keep the one point per game thing, even if we don't get another point until we play Villa on the 28th of December. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I've thought of it in that way. But, that's, but it's that's, like, that is genuinely the way you've got like to think gonna, about, yeah. And anything we can get, then it means anything we can get in that period is a bonus. It's just a bonus. Mm-hmm. And it, it would probably mean we don't go into the new year in the relegation places. When we get to them play well, well, post-Christmas, we then have you know Villa and Burnley and Newcastle and Villa again and Everton and some games that look like we can we can win. The mm. games around us, um, Newcastle have got Arsenal away next and then Norwich at home, presumably still without their COVID-suffering new manager, which is hilarious. Norwich are playing Wolves and then obviously Newcastle and then Burnley, um, Spurs, so they'll suffer the Conte effect um, at their place. It's at it's at Turf Moor, and then they are away to Wolves in their next two games as well. So it would also be handy to ease the fears if those three teams would lose all their next games. And I include both Norwich and Newcastle in that, aware that they're playing each other. I've just realised how late the match ball is going to be for that Palace game. I know it's a nightmare. This is since that got moved, and I'm almost now I'm angry. It's only just dawning on you because I've been. You're angry about Leeds United this season. I'm fuming about how late I'm going to bed that night. Yeah, it's only I'm half an hour's difference. Sick of it. It's um, well, even evening games. Just I know I like them, but <laughs> you know, actually, I genuine, think it's wrong. But then, yeah, I'm genuinely looking forward to a match under the lights. Actually, that is one good thing to counter the mm-hmm. the late finish. A proper midweek game, and it'll be full. I thought you were saying it'll be freezing, and it'll be noisy, and I hope it's cold. I hope it is, and we have to wrap up warm in our new square ball scarves that you can buy on our merch shop. I, I hate to be selfish, but look at it from my point of view. When are we going to record a podcast after that game? I don't know. Wednesday morning? I don't know. When am I going to write a match report? I don't care. And after, on three hours sleep? Oh, yeah. I'll have to see you guys like twice in Why do you 12 write, hours. Why, write the match report before it. So yeah, we're, we're going for nine points, fine. If we get nine points out of this, we'll be laughing our tits off, won't we? Yes. It'll be hilarious because this division's terrible. And... um as we will prove next season when we get into Europe. That's a canter. Hmm. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A quick reminder, if we could please, that Levi Solicitors um, help bring you this podcast. We're uh, really grateful for their support on the show. And to do us one in return, uh, have a look at their services online. You get 10% off your legal fees if you do so. And we're coming around to the house moving season in the new year, aren't we? No one's looking past um, Christmas at the minute. But when you do, everyone goes, oh, I'm going to sell me out. I'm going to move out. Everyone does it, don't they? So if you want to do that, if you want to move quicker than Dan James to get on the end of that cross versus Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Check out their uh, their conveyancing services. And if you are a homeowner as well, make sure you've got your will sorted out as well. Dead, dead important to get that one uh, all boxed off. And they do that too. 10% off your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Let's do heroes and villains then. Part three of the show. Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award is first. We mentioned him in part one of the show. Destroyed Rafinha's face. That Burnley thug, Nicholas Otamendi. I'm so confused. <laughs> he doesn't play for Burnley, does he? He might. He might. Maybe that. Maybe he was playing. That was his audition. He was playing for the move, wasn't he? In that yeah. game, he, he hurt Rafinha's face, uh, and he used his poison elbow, as we established, to pollute Rafinha's mm. uh, ABC once sang bloodstream. Shoot that poisoned elbow to ah. my heart. Anyway, he made Rafinha sick, um, and Rafinha therefore missed Spurs, and we didn't win at Spurs. We so. could blame Scum and Liverpool players as well, and Man City players for him being sick because he was on, stuck on a private jet with them, wasn't he? So I, he- I heard him. Yeah, he fell asleep and they were pouring stuff. Which James Bond film is it? It's one of the Connery ones, isn't it? Um, a bit racist, I think, where um, he's in Japan and someone's in the ceiling and dripping poison down a little cotton thread into his mouth and he just manages to escape it, but the Bond girl dies. Yeah. I think that's what they were doing. It's quite a very convoluted way to arrive at the point I was trying to make, but it's just what popped into my head. This is that the whole downside of him being good for Brazil is now the other teams want to stop him. The Game before the whole elbow business against Colombia, the guy, I can't remember his name, but the, the Colombian fullback who we made a fool of in the first match when he came to worldwide prominence for being brilliant, stamped on his Achilles and got a yellow card for it midway through the first half. And he had a blade, he had a blade in his shoe. That's also a James Bond trick. So there's a lot going on out there where it's like, oh, now everybody knows he's good. Now everybody is going to try and snap his legs every time he plays for Brazil. And we don't need that unless. I mean, it's always the thing is that, you know, a long-term injury can prevent a move, a transfer perhaps, but it also means that they can't play for us at the same time. So that wouldn't do us any good. Question. I mean, Leave again, him alone. Stop again, hurting him. We've touched many times on this show on the lack of research that goes into it, but they've got more international games, haven't they, Brazil? Like the European international windows have all been closed off now until February, March, whatever it is. But he may be off again at some point in the next couple of months. Is that right? I don't know. Can we find out? Yeah, I believe they've still got a round of matches that's bullshit when the mm. Ecuador manager will throw a bowler hat at him <laughs> I well, believe and you need to check the rim of that mm. dangerous metal check your rim Jody Morris has been <laughs> speaking of dangerous uh, rims yeah 
<laughs> Jody Morris has got a nomination for... Uh, well, he brought up Spygate, didn't he, on Jimmy Boll- uh, Bullard's podcast. Mm. Made a fool of himself, goddammit. It's a right idiotic uh, retelling of it as well, because it's, so much of it is from the um, the perspective of not being there. Like he describes Bielsa phoning up Lampard to explain it all and starts saying, yeah. Obviously, I wasn't there. He was talking to Frank, so I don't know what he was saying. But I, and he even uses the word, but I imagine he was telling Frank something like, you got no idea what, what was going on. He brings up bolt cutters and all that kind of nonsense. It sounds like an absolute fast. But the, the bit that really showed him up is when they start talking about Bielsa's presentation. And he says, uh, we then see uh, he did a presentation with a press and starts talking about stuff to everybody. Every team does it. There's a lot about the details, but he was just showing that they watched videos of the other team. Some of the hours he claimed he spent watching the videos of the other it's teams. Chris, Chris Wilder. We then uh, we then processed it and we said there's not enough hours in the day. <laughs> Mary Poppins. He has assistants, Jody. He has a team of acolytes around the world who do video analysis for him as well as the data analysis team at Leeds. He's pulling this out like it's some kind of gotcha. Nah, you say you're watching all them games, getting enough hours in the day, mate. People watch them report to him. Do you have a data analysis team? Yes. And that's it. He's saying, ah, it's all this stuff that everybody does. But Bielsa's worked out a way that he can consume all the games and all the information he needs to, despite there not being enough hours in the day to do it. Whereas Jody is saying it's impossible. So there is something that Bielsa does that Jody Morris and Frank Lampard do not. Is it, oh, is every it, team it, does it. Is it, is it having friends? Well, I mean... That, that do things for them. I think that's what well, it is. Yeah, I, mean, I will say just the, the whole Spygate thing, the way he retells it, so with the bolt cutters and all that, it's it's become like the pub bore anecdote, hasn't it? Him and Lampard. And you'll never get a police were in the buses. <laughs> Have I told you? They're machine guns. And we took them down. They came, they came over. <laughs> Here we found his kids. And it was really embellished as well. There was all sorts of stuff about it. We were just having training and somebody says it's police. I have no idea what's going on, but... We're going to have to put subtitles on this video, aren't that we? That part of it, of just thinking that he's done something special by catching Bielsa out. Ah, ah, you see? Got him. We, um... It just proves that they can't <laughs> think. He's been and spiky is, today. Uh, I've enjoyed Moscow today. He's been very spiky. This is the point where we have to bring up that Jody Morris is legally... Uh, banned from speaking about what happened during his time at Leeds. Remember the, the Independent did a profile on him. Wouldn't big, it be better if he was just legally banned from speaking? <laughs> they did a big interview with him of all about his career and then they just got to that point and said uh, Jody moved to Leeds in uh, 2004. Leeds and I were relegated unfortunately where Jody Morris signed a legal agreement say, agreeing never to discuss what went on at, uh, at Leeds United. Does that stop us doing it? Because we know what went on, don't we? <laughs> Well, we know what was... Uh, Should we break that injunction? <laughs> I mean, we didn't sign anything. No, I mean, no. what could possibly go wrong with that? But we LeviSolicitors.co.uk. The thing was that uh, from a legal basis, he was cleared of the things that were alleged against him. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was accused of a sexual assault while he was at Leeds, was cleared of that, but then left anyway. So the full story of what went on behind the scenes to cause him to leave and not be able to discuss any of it, actually trying to tie all those things together is still... Will forever remain a mystery. Still for Jody to uh, to discuss. He doesn't seem to have a problem I think he's talking. Allowed, he's not allowed to, though, is he? Just only when it comes to that. So Anyway. What um, an absolute stain on our football club. <laughs> that horrible little bastard was. And come in 
And that people talk, people <laughs> if we get relegated this season, right, it won't be good, but at least we'll do it with some self-respect and to borrow Johnny United's dignity. We'll be fine because we'll have whatever will you think we about. Will, will we or will we smash up a new stadium in Brentford? Well, that's us. That's that's fans I'm talking about. But the what we'll be relegated for will be sticking to some principles about the squad and the style of play. And the points deduction from burning and then, Brentford's new stadium. And then, but it will be a principled way of going down and finding out that Bielsa's style of play over the course of the season and his principle about the small squad didn't work out and we lost it that way. 2004, when we got relegated because Jody Morris has come in and he's wearing the number four shirt and Peter Reid thinks he can be the new Billy Bremner just because he's put four on his back and then he gets, um, he snaps somebody in his, uh, in pre-season at Burnley started, started a, a You're not a fan. fight there and then has to go halfway it, we're only three months into the season when he's being um, arrested and then that's dragging our club's name through the mud with this Chelsea little idiot <laughs> anyway <laughs> like, you know, in, in 2006 Morris drove down a one way street the wrong way while three times over the drink drive limit I didn't know that that wasn't good either was it was he part of the uh the airport group, the 9-11 gang. Or I, don't know if he'd already been, I don't know if he'd already been he missed, sacked off for being shit. He missed that party. Mm. Well, no, because he, he came to us from Chelsea, didn't he? Mm. So he was still mm. there. Probably, probably, helpful, probably helpful not to speculate. And we'll find out. If he wasn't there, he wishes he was. <laughs> his, let's put it this way. His mates were. Right, we yes. know that much because Frank Lampard, that paragon of virtue, was uh, was part of that as well. Just and then for them to be <laughs> still going, for him to be on the the touchline, and he was in the running for being manager at Cardiff, and they gave it to that other um, absolute Legion United legend joke. But imagine anybody thinking they want Jody Morris in charge. There should be at what point Jody Morris was there. Right there, you go. Good. Can we move on from Jody Morris and talk about? <laughs> I didn't expect. Why are we talking about him in the first? Oh, because um, he was nominated. Because he's, he's been talking about us, of course. Because he reckons he's outsmarted Bielsa because he knows how many hours. There well, are you could argue a, somebody who a did day, out, how many some, spent in a pub. Somebody who did outsmart Bielsa, Conte, at the weekend. Number of nominations from our TSB Plus subscribers. We give them the opportunity to tell us who they want to nominate as heroes and villains. Um, Kevin Aiden and Kit all nominated Conte. Words like arsehole, wankers, shite, being bandied around around uh, Conte. And his eyes are unsettlingly blue, as Kevin points out, which is almost, there's a little bit of Mills and Boone <laughs> thrown in amongst the his swearing. His unsettling blue eyes bore as, down over As he the... gripped Ryan Mason <laughs> and held his to his heaving bosom. While an Argentinian beauty looked on, etc. Right, um, Conte extended into Spurs fans as well. Zach, Sai, Pecan, Andrew all um, mentioning Conte in the context of the crowd geeing up. Yes. Why, why is he having to do it, yeah. essentially? You get a massive stadium with the big end. It's got the big end, hasn't it? A single-tier cop. Should yeah. be a great atmosphere in there. No one asked. No. Well, Cy Taylor did say about the Spurs fans, said booing their own team rather than getting behind them in the first half to singing shit songs smugly in the second as they unloaded £100 million <laughs> worth of subs in the second. Twats. Yeah, it's true. But the, um, the point about Conte being made as well, you know, he's, he's this is Kevin saying it, a shite win over a 17th place side is all he's managed. I mean, he was enjoying it too much. He should have been looked sad about it. Uh, right, then go and get it out of the way. I've been nominated by Jez. Jez is wrong. You're not playing devil's advocate. This is about my performance on You're the match You're starting ball. to seriously criticise Bielsa. Is Bielsa, is Bielsa beyond criticism? Because we'll come on to the, the nominations for Bielsa in the next couple of uh, couple of nominations. Jody Morris doesn't think so. So, mm. so more than a Morris. Uh, Jez is suggesting the way I leapt 
on the biased reporting of Calvin Phillips's comments and didn't want to know about the more in-depth reporting of what went on, suggested that I'm a quizzling and not you, Moscow. <laughs> After all, because a little bit of a attack. Gone in both feet there. I've actually gone back and listened to what I said closing out the podcast. And I, yeah, I reiterate that I said, well, let's find out what, what's been said and if there is, is anything in the Calvin comments. But no, Jez probably didn't make it that far because he's got no attention span. So off you go, Jez. Off you trot. <laughs> you probably turned off when you were asking us about things that we'd not seen or heard. It was, That's the it fun was a difficult thing. conversation. That is the fun thing about this show. Lack of research, lack of knowledge. That's what we're here for. And other people are firing into Bielsa as well. Yeah, I would say Jack, Jack, who questions Marcelo Bielsa, so does Lorne as well. So I think I'm legitimately positioned to say, are there questions to be asked? Because I was just posing the question because I do have doubts about the paper-thin squad, you know, but, you know, forgive me. Nobody's talking about that, though. They're talking about what the changes were. Well, but that's, for me, as we were talking about on the match ball, it's about the um, the paper-thin squad because, you know, it didn't work, did it? <laughs> the subs and that. Yeah, the changes didn't really work. People saying he didn't need to make them, but maybe he did. Yeah. He sort of knows. Just because it didn't work doesn't necessarily mean it was the wrong decision to do it. It might have just not worked on that occasion. And it's also yeah. fine to ask the question. You know, you can see sometimes if you take the sort of the translation yes. off of Bielsa and kind of distill it down to what it, Sam Allardyce would be saying in this situation, it's not always that different because the explanation he gave after the Tottenham game was, I saw the problem, I made this change and this change and this change and this change and I wasn't able to solve the problem. And then you there is the kind of the reluctance to then go with the next step and say, so why did you make all those changes then? Because that's the part he's not talking about. So I made this change and this change and it didn't work. So, well, why didn't it work? No bad. So there is sometimes it's a, it's a viable question to ask, but then I think that's where Bielsa being the fair-minded chap he is will introduce the concept of the other team. And his, his way of looking at it is every change I could think of to make Tottenham were just better than it and mm. that's where it, it comes about and so then you start to think well what is there to criticise in that if somebody has done everything they can possibly think of to stop Tottenham from doing what they were doing and winning the game and it didn't work do you then say well this manager is not good enough or is it just that what Spurs were doing was too good and it's or it's interesting rather than uh, condemning to kind of consider some of those things but, but let's let's condemn some other people instead let's get but he the, should have just sorted it out let's get through the Spurs ones then because we've got um, Regulon your mate Regulon Moscow uh, Kane Warren G wrote a song about him who else we got that's, that's most of the Spurs ones actually I think Regulon yeah Kane got some criticism uh, Roger pointing out that he was just whining and complaining <laughs> all game and you do have that kind of England hero privilege that you get to do that at referees but mm. Calvin doesn't on first name terms I bet as well Annoying yeah it's Harry no it's fine Harry I'll sort it out don't worry Harry he did seem to be in the ref's face an awful lot is he Spurs captain of course he's Spurs captain he probably is isn't he but it was every, every little touch of the ankles or anything that involves contact you know how he likes to leap in the air clutching his ankles mm. so he'll leap in the air with both feet will Kane won't he like a, a little froggy rabbit thing and he'll hold an ankle and he does that and then it, but then he'll get up and start moaning about it to the ref do you think he's going to last at Spurs because he's 29 in July coming up and the way Conte with his fitness business and you know no mayonnaise and all that kind of stuff and you saw the way I mean he didn't really run during the game and yet in the last 10 minutes could hardly walk guy's not fit he's got a real he's giving me strong Rooney vibes about the way that his post 30 career is going and players like James Milner should be an example to us all that age is not a barrier to achievement 
I don't particularly care for him, but Zlatan Ibrahimovic playing in Serie A at 40, it's not impossible if you look after yourself and you're in great shape. I just don't see that happening with Harry Kane and it seems like a move to a club where he can just trundle around and eat what he wants. Late in Orient. I told you before, it will be late in Orient. It would be a, a better solution. But it's true, but there's, there's politics at play though, isn't it? Because Levy has um, obviously forced him to stay effectively and said, no, you will you will stick to your contract. You're not going to Man City. So he's now in it for the long haul. He's going to take him past 30s, that contract, isn't it? Or thereabouts. So I guess there is the pressure then, having made that decision at boardroom level, that Conte has to accommodate in one way or another, regardless of how much he plods around and whether he can get up to fitness or not. And is Kane now just soaking as well anyway? And again, that's an example where Milner didn't always get the, the moves he wanted. I don't think he wanted to leave Man City and go to Liverpool. But instead of soaking, he just became one of Liverpool's greatest ever players, in my view, and won everything with them. And it's still a magnificent human. So glad Harry Kane is their problem, not Leeds United's. And we're fine with Bamford and Tyler Roberts. We had nominations uh, from DJ Slippers and uh, Duke, Goody, uh, Duke Goolies, rather, um, who nominated Martin Tyler and Alan Smith, the, um, the Sky commentary combo for their commentary on the game but this is the problem with the Premier League all of it as we realised from the whole Karen Carney incident and all the punditry and all the commentary it's all done in that sort of general overarching themes kind of way isn't it everything's distilled down into themes and narrative rather than genuine analysis Martin Tyler bless him he's been a a good commentator over the years but I'm starting to have some doubts Mm. it must go saying about how how much longer Harry Kane can go on at the top (laughs) of his game I do think Martin Tyler's now a bit beyond that the whole Man of the Match thing, so Regulon is nominated as well for winning Man of the Match and for scoring. But the first half, the whole spirit of our first half defensive performance was how we overloaded the right-hand side to push him back so he couldn't play. He got in once, but we had Urente going over there, Stuart Dallas was right midfield, and then Daniel James is right wing. So you've got the three of them on, what side, on that side, which probably gives Jackie Harrison even more praise because... Stroik wasn't really playing as a traditional left-back. So we did the thing from the championship of just saying, right, Jackie, from that corner flag to that corner flag down that side, that's all yours. And that was fine. And we made, and that was part of how we were so good in the first half is we did not give their wing-backs any opportunity to get into the game and we scored. So let's give their wing-back man of the match because he got a fluky deflection off a post and put it in and we can't analyse this game with any more depth or intelligence than just go man of the match well who scored it it's very Garth Crook's team of the week isn't it where he's, his defence is <laughs> just made up of defenders who scored that week and he's going oh well them because they all scored so you get four goals from defence alone I'm going to chuck uh, Robbie Keane in here as well and it's kind of related to what I you, didn't see this what happened you were yeah. saying well it's not major it's not like something that happened but he was one of the drivers of the Calvin Phillips interview because he's saying oh you know looking at that interview I think he's there's things he, he's he wants to say, but he's not saying them. There's probably something more behind that. And you've got to remember, Robbie Keane doesn't watch Leeds every week. And his boyhood he's, club. He's got so many boyhood clubs. He's very His attention is divided. I don't think he knows a right lot. He's about got more boyhood clubs than a child golfer. Calvin Phillips is like. And you compare that to Lucy Ward tweeted about that interview and said she had, it was an emoji with um, little hearts on the face. She said, oh, it's so happy to see Calvin Phillips. It's still the same lovable lad he was uh, when he was a teenager at Leeds and that he, he hasn't changed. And so somebody who knows him very well and has known him for years, watched that interview and just saw the same pure, beautiful person that they always did. 
Robbie Keane, who knows next to fuck all about anything to do with the situation, is on Sky going, oh, well, you know, there's obvi- there's clearly something in that and something there. And that's what then drives people getting worried about why Calvin Phillips was careful in his words when he's dealing with... And so Jeff Sharif's going to be nominated as well for his passive-aggressive... Aggressive. Aggressive. Sean Connery. I was talking about Sean Connery. I had uh, breakfast with Jody Morris this morning. Um, Passive-aggressive interview style that kicked it all off. None of them know what they're talking about. Right, let's They're all idiots. Let's wrap up the... Steve Nicol is worth 10 of them all. Let's wrap up the the villain side of things because we've got a number of nominations for sort of more tangential stuff such as uh, Ding, bless him, Big Ambitions wants to overthrow capitalism for the, the crap shortcomings of football. So um, good luck with that, Ding. We've got Ralph mentioning FIFA, blaming the injuries on FIFA. Uh, I think it's uh, Jonathan mentions Jurgen Klopp for re- refereeing from the touchline again, the little spat with Arteta. Did you see that? Yes, he was He was moaning about Arteta because he thought Arteta was trying to get one of his players booked. Would you believe it? Would yeah. you believe it? Some of, some of that interview with Klopp about that was absolute prime hypocrisy when yeah. you go through the Harvey Elliott Pascal Stroik Jonathan does say maybe he was trying to tell Mikel you have to go on the pitch and have a five minute conversation with the ref if you want <laughs> to influence the game and luck slash fate gets a number of nominations from Chris Wisconsin Todd uh, Toby Darren all um, nominating the cruel hand of fate we had to work hard for our goal I think it was worth twice both of us so that's a 4 nil win to lead uh, so right pick a uh, Ken Bates villain of the week and no it's not going to be me Bielsa I think <laughs> I mean Jody Morris no not, he's not done anything let's not validate him he's irrelevant he's done worse things in the past he's not he? even worth speaking it's, it's Conte isn't it surely I'm happy to give it to Conte with his gorgeous I mean it unsettling blue eyes yeah hmm. his good hair transplant as well yeah. I hope that fails he's done well for himself generally hasn't he he's aged quite well with some assistance ah, he knows it though doesn't he hmm. prick and that whole thing with the crowd stop that We'll love it when he's doing it at Elland Road for us. So he's our Ken Bates Villain of the Week. On to the Gitano Barardi Hero of the Week then, please. Let's do some nominations. Calvin gets a few. Some for his performance and some just for twatting a referee. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the high points of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, Um, and we also do need to mention the job he did on um, Harry Kane. It was weird because I thought he he was brilliant at doing that and then he went into midfield and looked like a defender who'd been put in midfield it was strange he was kind of he flipped it all on its head what he normally does even though we've seen him play at the back before and we know he's good doing it it's quite different doing that in the championship and doing it against you know allegedly the best striker in the Premier League and he spoke truth to power in his interview after the game didn't he slagged off his boss yep that's what we want to hear bringing down the system I was going to the other thing about that was um, a lot of people picked up on him saying we needed better game management you can pick up, Liam Cooper has said that, Stuart Dallas has said that. I think it's probably a symptom of our season. I think you, it's more unusual that a Leeds player interviewed after one of our games this season is not saying we could have done better with the game management. So I think um, I think too much got read into that as well. And uh, Calvin was um, heroic in word and deed, as was Adam Forshaw, who may have been part of the problem when Phillips moved into midfield in the second half was that we didn't still have the first halves for sure helping him. We only had the second halves click. Who, whatever. I, I love matches click. Um, Jez, Duke, Ghoulies and Roger with the nominations for uh, for, for sure. <laughs> Roger says, can't remember now who said it, but he's like a new signing. Yes. Mm. We would be hugely excited by him if we had paid 25 million quid. We'd be going, oh yeah, it looks 
looks like a decent bit of business. He's very, very tidy in there. Oh, I'll give Middlesbrough 25 million quid. Makes though. us very stable. Isn't it more exciting, though, that we paid four and a half million for him or three and a half million for him? Mm. And after so long out and this terrible journey that he's been on and horrible pain that he's been through, he's returned and is looking better than I ever imagined he could. That's more exciting. What a great story. And if he can, I don't know what the second half substitution with him was because it was an hour and whether it was that we're still protecting how much of a game he can play and when it started getting very intense in midfield and he'd played an hour, that's one of the reasons why I had to go off because he's not up to full fitness yet. But if he can keep that standard up and keep his fitness together, he could be brilliant for the rest of this season and possibly beyond. And I just, I'm glad he is as good as he is. Not for any kind of proof of anything, just to see a player that good playing that well. Speaking of good players, Archie Gray gets a couple of nominations from Zach and Darren. Just um, keep Forshaw going until Gray's ready. Not to pile too much on Archie Gray's tender young shoulders, but he has been uh, future nominated by Zach for being our Premier uh, League player of the season. Sorry, beg your pardon. Being our player of the season and firing us to promotion to the Premier League in the 28-29 season after six years in the wilderness. Bless him. I will say about Archie Gray, it's dead funny. Like we, I mean, first of all, he's mocking you, Michael, isn't he, by sporting that hair? Mm. What's your thoughts on that? That's a taunt, isn't it? Ah, oh, he's a he's a young scamp. I let him get away with it. I he you, might be. You, would you ruffle his hair if you met him? I mean, I I actually am old enough to be his dad. Yeah, which is that's probably the first time that's happened. Realistically, you know, like I know, I know there are physical possibilities of me, yeah. you know, uh, having, Knock, having knocking up the girls uh, at Pontefract when you were sixteen. Well, exactly, but yeah. I mean, Archie Gray, it's. It's kind of it was kind of an achievable thing to be his dad. Mm. Although I mean, his actual dad is um, is will knock is, you out if you keep going on this line. Say, I was going to say his actual dad, I think, has probably given him better genes than I could have done for being a footballer. Yeah, so. I mean, God, if he's yeah, no, let's not get there. I Somebody say, tweeted before the game, didn't they, that if he made his debut, he'd be the first Premier League footballer um, born after. Come dine, come with, dine me. with me. Yeah, <laughs> is, is, is that is it? Rich Jolly who does all the funny that tweets that sounds effect. about yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, not just funny, but exquisitely researched. That was um, great. And when we're talking about age, he's nearly four years younger than Gelhart. Mm-hmm. Four years, like if you and you tend to put these back into a school context. So Gelhart would be leaving school when he'll have Gray, left. He'll have just left sixth form. He'll be going on to college now, won't he? When Gray's on, like in. I don't know when people go to school now. Well, Archie, <laughs> 12. It'd be in year 11, wouldn't it? Yeah. Archie Gray, that's the point. Well, this is the funny thing, right? Because my, my son is going tomorrow on a field, not field trip, but a trip to London with primary school. No fields there. And he's... Uh, Just no, sewers. Well, he's, he's 10 and he's going to be having a nice gonna have a nice big day out in London. They're going to go to the Harry Potter thing on the way back up, you know, like around Hertfordshire, wherever that is. And they're going to go to the Natural History Museum and eat the sandwiches and do all that sort of fun stuff. He's 10. Archie Gray's only five years older than him. <laughs> and he's had a nice day trip to London, hasn't he? Gone to Spurs' stadium, though. It's just mental, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah. Here's a year 11 pupil who's who's gone to a Premier League game. What's the legality? Did they overcome this? But isn't there a question mark? Because players in the under-18s, I guess he wears it for the under-23s, but he can't wear betting advertisements because he's not old enough to bet. No. And did they come to some kind of conclusion it's okay? Because I think when he plays for the under-23s, he's not wearing a special a special shirt. <laughs> He's just wearing a shirt. Yeah. With, with, that's where my speech goes. It's a bit of a top. Spo top. Spo top. Although nobody can bet with him anyway, so he's probably absolutely fine. It's not but, a gambling um, company in this country. Anyway, who, who cares? Nobody knows but, what it is. The other thing about, I mean, you meant you started by talking about the pressure on him and the idea that he'll, you know, uh, play with the season 28, 29. It is 
the patience there is going to have to be. <laughs> that's the why I was working out the age gap to Gelhart because Gelhart has just made his debut, and that's sensible for a nineteen-year-old to be making his debut. That's four years away for Archie Gray, and I, we really need to resist the whole like kind of Freddie Adu situation where it's like, well, he went to Spurs two seasons ago, and has he progressed? No, he's still only sixteen. <laughs> he's he's he started shaving. That's progression. So there does need to be uh, um, maybe cooling it a little bit with Archie Gray. But the way he has, uh, I mean, he has been kind of trailed around Thorpe Arch for a while. Everyone's saying he's, he's coming through and looks like he's going to be good. But I don't know if it was necessarily expected he would be bossing the under-23s <laughs> almost on the bench for the first team in the Premier League. Ridiculous. Good by this point. So there's two ways of uh, doing it, I guess. One is either relax, let him grow up, don't put any pressure on him. If it's four years before he's in the team, just deal with that. Don't write him off. The other way is just stick him in now. I want him to play against Brighton and Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Break his young body. Rest of the season. The, if, the, if the midfield for the rest of the season Never mind Lewis Bay. is Archie Gray and Adam Forshaw, <laughs> what an incredible world we will be That's a great body entering movie. into. Great body movie, isn't it, that one? Right, Harrison and James got loads of nominations uh, by weight of numbers anyway. Gary Phillips. I feel a bit Jack. bad that they were lumped together so frequently, actually. But absolutely loads of people nominated him as a well, pair. Well, I think for this for this um, goal, though, in particular, I think they've got to be front runners in this um, mm. Hero Award this week because they combine brilliantly, the pair of them, the run, and obviously Jackie's initial run to beat um, your mate. What's his name, Moscow? Eric, Eric Dyer. The right back. <laughs> they uh, Emerson Royale. They were both great for this goal and they both played really well in the rest of the game. James was dangerous. When I watched the game back, it's like, it's not that he was like dominating the match or anything, but he kept having shots and he kept being a worry to them and that's good. Chocolate Biscuit, a specific nomination for that. Dan James for lots of kicking at the goal, including kicking it into the goal where the keeper wasn't and scoring. Yeah, Chuck's got it. And then Jackie, that's his first assist of the season and I would wager that Rafinha I don't know where natural talent comes into all this kind of thing Jackie works his ass off he was on his Instagram story the other week I think it was the start of the international break just working out at home but absolutely exhausting himself and dropping (coughs) to the floor and almost to the point that you want to just chill out but the effort he puts into being better deserves the reward of an assist (laughs) as minimum but even you know I think most people have recognised that even when he's not been playing very well so far this season it's not been for one of trying and we've got nominations for Llorente and Strauch as well for both excelling out of uh, out of position so I say and he's quietly becoming the best defender in our team is Pascal Strauch and performances go under the radar a little bit yeah I would would agree with that but ultimately we did lose didn't we so I'm not sure they're going to (laughs) necessarily win it this time and um, Dom is basically a capitalist pig and is embracing the billion pound stadium and all its luxury trappings because he wants to nominate the Spurs catering. Yeah, they eat the butter, chicken and spinach pie and the beaver town neck oil at the ground. Best food and drink I've had at the football. I well, well sent beaver, me and my mate went out for beers in Newcastle during the international break and he did have a beaverton neck oil, so. Beaverton? Be- beaver town. Be- is it not beaverton? <laughs> I mean, don't, uh, it may one day, once these beavers have established their dwelling place over many years, it might become like Cheltenham. Beaver Town! Be, be more of a Beaverton, but at the moment it is certainly a, okay. beaver, a beaver town. Yeah, okay. got a, It's a very sustainable because uh, the hydroelectric 
power is mm-hmm. uh, very advanced. Great. <laughs> Excellent. See, I, I'm already concerned. It's a joke about building dams. Yeah, well, and again, you're having to explain the uh, joke. I, know. I don't I'm, think he's got it. I'm mainly just concerned about how much that would have cost. The Beaverton. The Beaverton. The Beaverton and the pie. Oh, well, I will, it's well, going to be, like, in the supermarket, it's gonna be at least a... T- yeah, you can't take it into the Spurs ground, though. <laughs> well, when my... What, <laughs> just like going in there to the catering staff. I don't know why he's selling that. Me and my mate... quid a pint. Just... Bag of cans on the... Uh, <laughs> Me and my well, mate went for a, a burger and his Beaverton, Beavertown beer, I think it cost... It was like a fiver and it was a small can. And that was just like in a burger place. So it's going to... In, in a year, Spurs premium and they've got a billion pound stadium to pay. We've seen the financial results. 700 million quid in debt. It's going to be about 700 million pounds that can there, isn't it? There's a, a can of the Square Ball beer as brewed by the North Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's excellent value at whatever the price. You get a big can as well. It's not a little... Yeah. Coke can. You get more in it. One. More in it. So it's... Uh, Bigger can. More in it. Yeah. So As, as the famous phrase goes. <laughs> Big can. So keep buying that this Christmas. Bit more in it. It's in Morrison's, isn't it? I, I think so. It's yeah. still there. Um, anyway. So get a get a bag of cans of our beer. Take it down the Welland Road. And... Um, Are you saying sneak it in? No, be proud. Just drink it outside in the street. Okay. No, just march in. So I'm bringing these in. Try and stop me. You, you I mean, will. I mean, they will stop you. And you, and you will also <laughs> potentially receive um, a stadium ban. So don't. But don't do that. We're going to get relegated anyway. So they'd be doing you a favour, banning you from that hellhole. Uh, the you can sit at home and it, drink. Do it at the end of the season, and then when people accuse you of being a part-time bastard and not going anymore, now we're in the championship. You can go, oh, I'm banned. Yeah. Worth and then people will think you're like really edgy. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, pre- what did you get banned for? A preemptive strike that makes you look cool. So yeah, exactly. yeah, fair enough. I think that wraps up all the nominations. Are we going to give it to Harrison and James? I want to put them forward as the, the leading candidates this week. Yeah, I'd say so. Jackie Dannison. Jackie. Yeah. Is it like, like a celebrity couple kind of? Yeah, I think that works. Jameson is back to booze, so yeah. we can't call them that. All right, then. okay. Harrison and James, well done. So that wraps it up then. Uh, we'll be back. Oh, oh, we don't know, do we? bloody week. Crystal Bloody Palace and the Premier League. Should we, tra- actually, should, we change, list. should we change the villain nomination and give it to the Premier League for doing this, inflicting this shit on us? Are we at Amazon Prime as well? Shouldn't they be busy, busy delivering Christmas presents at this time of year? Black Friday sales and all that. Stop they it. definitely cannot do both. No, they need to stop it. Right, um, that wraps up the show for this week then. Um, please do check out the squareball.net forward slash plus if you want to get TSB plus. Get your discounts on the merch which is on sale at the minute. Get your orders in now before Christmas, particularly if you're abroad because God knows what happens when the parcels go offshore. They get tracked, but, you know. Yeah, so, sorry about all the postage costs and that. It's all gone a bit, it's all gone a bit Brexit, I yeah. think. If you want to actually receive it, you have to pay a fortune. <laughs> yeah, nothing gets, nothing gets delivered. It seems to be the new policy so, for sending things out of Britain unless you pay loads. But the yeah. most important thing to take away from this is it's not our fault. Oh, absolutely we, not. Yeah, well, we get absolutely nothing out of overcharging people for postage. It's just not um, not anything that we can control or benefit from. So it just straight up sucks but right you do get a nice scarf you do and it is a very nice scarf indeed and we will catch you next week at some point some tired faces maybe next week on Wednesday with six for points in our back pockets yeah brilliant we'll speak Connor to you Gallagher in the other one the square ball podcast every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.